and gentlemen, welcome to our space. Hey, everybody, welcome into the space. Uh, not what we wanted. Still, what a hell of a weekend. Hell of a ride, hell of a season. Just wanted to say thanks to the team and the staff and let all the fans get in and be able to say their, you know, their piece, drop some opinions, and uh, and talk about the team. Uh, that, was, that was awesome. So, got Jerry and Nick with me. And if anybody wants to speak, please request. This is for you guys. Uh, I'll get it started. You know, it feels good to be back in the postseason, obviously. Um, the atmosphere in College Station was, like I said, you know, it was a zoo. It was. <laughs> their their fans were uh, mostly okay if they were above, like, the age of 35. Uh, outside of that, reprehensible. Just, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to let, I'll probably let Nick kind of get more in detail on that because I, I'm probably coming on a little strong there, but uh, some of the, some of the things they do, it's tradition and they get all that stuff, but antagonizing fans and then trying to get them thrown out. And that, that was just over the top for me. Still, the atmosphere was great. I thought it delivered everything you would want in a regional. It delivered the guys played great, played their asses off. I mean, did everything that you, you would hope that we would do in a, in a regional uh, situation in that atmosphere. They, they performed. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm not, not going to forget that. That that's that ranks up there with one of the best Cajun experiences I've ever had. Yeah, man. It was uh, one. It was good meeting fans that I hadn't met before. Um, I tried to get up to your section a couple times, but I got <laughs> ticket checked, which was hilarious to me because who wants to go up? Like I said, who wants to go up to the cheap seats? I was, you know, I was sitting in the bougie seat, suites there for a while with some A and M fans in the first game. Um, but it was cool, man. Um, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm with you. I had, I, I didn't have a negative experience with the AM fans. Of course, I was there for the for the night we played TCU, but didn't have any negative experience. TCU fans were were super cool. They were annoying with their little their little sound, whatever that was. I don't know. That's annoying as hell. But um, they were cool. AM fans were cool. Uh, night number two, not not so much. Um, I'm getting, I get texts from from some of my friends who are AM fans just talking crap and i'm like really like we just got we basically made two mistake pitches in in the later innings of the game to lose it you guys weren't weren't i mean you weren't very loud you know for most of the game and then all of a sudden you want to talk crap so um i think you had a similar experience with with that type of thing but man uh proud of these guys proud of this team uh, we you me i think we all question the direction of the program at some point earlier in the season and and when we we're just not clicking, not, we were not gelling. We didn't have leaders on this team. And as the year went on, we just saw how uh, we came together as a team. We started that, that pack mentality, the wolf pack that, that he started back in 14, the grinders, we, we were grinding out wins, man. And uh, it really carried us into the postseason. I just think we ran out of gas. I think we, uh, our pitching staff, I think we showed our weaknesses in the last couple of the the later innings of last night's game, and then today, I think we we, we were really exposed. Uh, but man, I, I this is one of my favorite teams. I love every guy on this team. I don't think there's one player that uh, that I can I can say, well, 
you know, look forward to them not being here next year. I, I love every single one of them. I think we can, I think we have the opportunity next year to build on our success this year, just like we did this year, man. You look at, at, at the progression that we've had since Dex has gotten here. We've gotten better every year. We won the division last year. We won the conference this year, got into a regional. Uh, that's a lot of momentum. And, and hopefully I know there are going to be opportunities for, for guys to, to, especially in the draft to, to go pro. And there'll be opportunities where other schools will illegally recruit them through NIL in the off season. And I'm hoping that the, the, the togetherness that we built through the end of the season, the cohesiveness and, and just the, the general success that we had through the regional will keep them here. I'm hoping that'll, that'll kind of get us over the hump and, and keep some of the key guys. Cause I tell you what, we get a couple pitchers, we get another couple hitters in our lineup and, we're going to be dangerous. We were dangerous this year, so we'll see what happens. I agree with you. Uh, I want to say a few things about some comments you made. The A&M stuff, you get four runs, and Jake's down. To, I mean, look, he's got two outs, two strikes. He gives up a couple of hits with men on base. That hurt. I mean, going down four runs is, is never a great thing in a, in a game like that. So, look, that was a gut punch, but we were the better team for seven innings of that game. And uh, my wife made the comment that these fans – it was not expected. I expected them to be more like we are, where you know we kind of try to help the team out. We make noise no matter what. We can be up run uh, ten runs or down ten runs. We're gonna we're gonna continue to to push for the team and and, and let them know that we're behind them. That that entire stadium was silent for the for two hours. I mean, they sat on their hands while their team the team was being dominated for six or seven innings. We Schultz was great. You know, even I, I don't know the bullpen ultimately kind of gave up our money our milk money, but. For, for the most part, I mean, we hung in there. We we hung tough, and you mentioned the bullpen struggles, and and that's true. So it is fitting that we lost the game that way, but it, it still hurt because you, you felt like you were the better team for the majority of that game. Uh, their fans were disappointing in that regard, you know? I mean, for, they, they made four errors, I think, in the game. Like, they, yeah, they well, were terrible defensively. Not impressive we, at all. I think that we forced three of those. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to give us some credit. But but yeah, I agree. I didn't. I didn't. They weren't over. They, they they didn't impress me. I agree. But like you said, you you made it the comment last night that they're a bunch of football fans with nothing to do in the spring, so they go to baseball games. They would scream and holler for pop pop flies. You know, it, it was just so annoying. It's like, dude, it, I said it's, a, that, it's a can of corn. I said that when we got the draw, man. I said I hate that we're going to College Station because I can't stand the atmosphere there. And don't get me wrong, they do some cool stuff, right? Uh, and they do some funny things, but. I mean, it's, it's again, football fans with a football mentality at a college baseball game, not my favorite thing. And, and even I, I was talking to someone last night about the atmosphere at the, the, the school 60 miles down the road and eh, the atmosphere, I mean, the, 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 the stadium's not great. They fill it up, but at least it's, I mean, they have some traditions and they do some things, but it's not so over everything with A&M was over the top. Like we're yeah. gonna do, we're gonna blow bubbles. Like you're gonna, you're gonna, you know, pump your chest that you're an SEC school, but you've never won anything in the SEC, and you blow in bubbles after you score runs. I mean, it's yeah. it's the most ridiculous thing ever. Yeah, a little obnoxious for me. Uh, and look, I know it's their job, you know, make noise, intimidate the opponent. I get all, all that stuff. That's fine. I have no problem with that. It, it they cross the line uh, multiple times. Uh, you know, when you're putting your when you're doing fisticuffs to players' parents. All right. You crossed the line for me when you're chanting girlfriend, the girlfriend's name of the pitcher that's on the mound. That's that's all that's you got to get that's football mentality, man. That's what that's our student football. section does at football. That's not right. what you do at a baseball game, you know, no. but 
credit to them, man. They they won the game. I'm not trying to sound like I'm I'm bitter about them winning. They they did what they had to do, and that's what good teams do. They find a way to win at the end, even though they're not playing their best game. And they did right. that, and credit to them. Um, but but so I I don't want to, that to take away from from the fact that they found a way to win in the game. I just sure. I found some of that stuff a little bit silly. I, I agree with you, uh, Jerry. Comments for the weekend or anything about how the guys played or anything you want to start with? Yeah, I really want to say double done to this team. Um, but this was probably one of the first teams I can remember in a long time where we saw a team pretty much develop almost from scratch in the beginning of the year. I know last year there was a, there was conflict. Not, I'm not going to say go, go overboard say conflict, but there was some, there was a little bit of turmoil, right, that we knew about. And, and, and for the most part, you know, it's almost like we kind of had to start from, from, from square one this year, um, starting with a really tough series at home against UC Irvine, taking two out of three from them. And we had a little bit of toxic turbiness in the first month or so, um, you know, getting swept in Round Rock, getting swept by Troy. We were 9-11 and 11 at one point. And all of a sudden, you know, we had to change our entire weekend rotation. And we just really saw this team start to click against South Alabama that first series uh, back in March. And it, it, the whole season has just been a work in progress. And it finally came to fruition at the right time at the Sunbelt Conference Tournament. And we really saw what, what we're capable of this weekend. Uh, the effort, the grit, the, the tenacity, just this, this don't quit mentality that this team showed was something that, I think all of us can be proud of. And, and really, it kind of sums up the fact that, you know, Rage Occasion Baseball is really back. Uh, it showed this weekend, you know, you beat TCU, the Big 12 regular season champion on Friday night. Then you go against um, Texas A&M, who is the national five seed. Uh, they were the hottest team in the SEC going into the SEC tournament last week. And you're maybe one or two pitches and maybe one or two swings away from playing right now instead of having to play earlier against TCU. So. Just seeing this team come together and seeing this team just click at the right time and seeing seeing them just compete day in and day out was such a it's such a joy to watch and it's only the beginning I think I think moving forward um, I know like Coach Dag said his goal is Omaha you know he said it in the post game today and and I like I like that and some people may think that's a little too much but that's the kind of goal I like that goal I like it when coaches say things like that because it goes to show you they're aiming high. Even if we don't make it to Omaha, they're aiming high. And so, he look, there's no doubt he's going to hit the drawing board starting tomorrow. He's going to come back. He's going to do his exit interviews, and he's going to regroup and get ready for 2023. Um, I do, I do want to say, give a shout-out to the seniors. Um, they're all going to be missed. And, and, you know, two of them were here, played under Coach Rowe for a couple of seasons, you know. So, you know, some of these guys have – been through the ringer with this program that with everything that's happened over the last five years but i mean look and that final out it's kind of like i like to give the analogy i told josh i told you this and nick i told you this as well privately but i'll just say it publicly now you know when the pelicans lost to the suns in game six uh the entire smoothie king center stood up and clapped even though we knew the season was over even though it was a heartbreaker you can't help but like even in the last out today i i I broke tradition. I'll admit it. I broke tradition and gave a handshake and high five to my wife. I know we only do it after wins, but I did it to, as a kudos to the season. It was a great year. Um, so, you know, in the final out, the end of the game today, I just couldn't help but stand up and clap for this team and applaud this team. And, you know, we're back. That's really all I can say is we're back. So I'm really excited. 
um, about the future of this program. I know this coaching staff's going to get it done. And look, you go find a few pitchers in the offseason and you go sign a few hitters. Dude, 2023 is going to be a lot of fun, man. It is going to be so much fun starting in February 2023 at the Teague. So everybody book your tickets now. Get ready because we're, we're in for a show with the Waterhose boys starting in February 2023. So great season for the Cajuns. Love this team and um, proud to be a Cajuns fan as always. Look, I'm just going to say always. this. Tim Perrin, if you're listening now, if you're listening later, if this is in an archive a year from now and you hear it, Come back next season, man, because I can't even fathom you not being at our away games going forward, man. Uh, Tim Perrin is probably one of my favorite player parents of all time. Uh, and I've been associated with the program for 20 plus years. And and that guy, man, I mean, if you want to say the epitome of a Cajun and, and just uh, he's he's the dude. So, Tim, please come back. Don't leave us. We want you back, please. Yeah, we want the parents to stick around. And if you know the story about how Austin was recruited uh, by both LSU and by and by Tony, uh, there's a really great story behind that. Maybe I'll tell that on, uh, on one of the episodes coming up in the offseason. Yeah, I just wanted to see if Nick uh, would share the secret text from the uh, A&M fan with, with the Twitter space. <laughs> um, it was something along the line. Hold on, let me go back and pull it up. Uh, just give me a second, JMV. You caught me off guard here. Let's see if I can find it. I mean, it was it was just unnecessary. And and he's a he's a friend of mine, which which pissed me off even more. It started with ha 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 sucks to lose. And then it it progressed to SEC and and uh all this stuff. And then I got lectured about how um I'm trying to be uh, his father for lecturing him on how to have class and and you know win with class. So that's kind of how that progressed. But it started with the ha 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 sucks to lose text and uh went down from there. Good friend, right? <laughs> but that's again, that's that's the epitome of the experiences that the experiences I had with the older fans that that they were totally cool. Um, I was getting, you know, I sat in a in an Aggie suite for the first game, and they were totally awesome pulling for us, obviously, because they didn't want to play TCU. But yeah, the the younger guys, they were they were something else, man. It seems to be a trend in the SEC. I don't know what it, they and it's funny because SEC fans hate every other school in the sec but then they're gonna go and be like sec i, I that i never get uh, I, i'll never understand <laughs> meanwhile a&m hasn't done a thing in the sec never wanted i mean they might have won a well, swimming I championship think, one time i think i think mississippi state learned the hard way when they chanted sec in our stadium back in 2014 uh, i think we responded with like nine straight runs after that <laughs> that was great well, that man. happened that that happened against tcu and it was just two two idiots sitting in the in the grandstand somehow they got tickets but that was uh that was pretty amazing but you know anyway while we're waiting for people to request to speak i don't know how many people know this but we had so many injuries we were so spent we had we had to make that that big run in the conference tournament we had guys going long outings like Jacob, you know, having to come back out a week later after he threw 142 pitches and throw almost another 100. The fact that we played so well, and, and honestly, into the, the seventh inning of the A&M game, we looked like the best team in the regional, which is just totally mind-blowing. We had some crazy stat. We were 14 for 27 with runners and two with two outs and runners in scoring position. It was insane. And that, Well, that was before today, obviously. But, I mean, against two, the Big 12 champion, the regular season champion, and Texas A&M, the five national seed with uh, uh, all the SEC Friday night starter that we ran. I mean, what can you say? I mean, 
nobody could have expected to show that well. You know, uh, you got, I've been saying for two weeks it looked like Rock was hurt or something, and we found out on Saturday that he got cortisone shots on his wrists. So that was a thing. And then, you know, Kemp with the back, and then uh, Julian was banged up. Hoodie was banged up. I mean, guys were just beat up. It's some of it is just the cumulative effect of the season, but I mean, we got some of our big guns, and then look, you get Max uh, pulls his hammy at first base. I mean, some of our best players weren't weren't available. Some of our best players were hampered by injury, and they still did what they did. I mean, guy left left and right guys just continued to step up. That's the epitome of of a of a day. I think that kind of epitomizes the type of team that Dags was trying to build from day one, you know, all of the experimenting with certain calls during the game. Some of the, I know we talk about the way he manages at times, but it goes to show you like when he found his team, his players, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, he went from, I think it was like, what was it? 41 players to start the season. And as of today, we had 28 or 29 left. I mean, so not everybody fits in this type of team and, 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 and the type of team that he wants to mold. And so the, the guys that remain are the ones who want to get their jersey dirty and play hard and, and play with play with grit every day. And, and that's it, – it showed. I mean, I got to give a shout-out to the guys who stepped up. Like you said, Max getting hurt, Kemp getting hurt, which, I mean, that was a total blow. But um, for Kemp to not be able to play, I know it's a senior year and it was a heartbreaker not to see him this weekend. But to see other guys step up, you know, C.J. Willis, Trey LaFleur, uh, J-Bo, I mean, I'm, I'm – even Bobby Lede came in and got a few base hits. And Will Vayon, if, if we would have won the tournament, Will Vayon would have been the MVP. That 100%. guy was unbelievable this weekend. Yeah. Will Vayon, another example. I mean, these guys that just kind of stepped up when it really mattered and, and actually contributed in a positive way, whether it was getting base hits, making good plays in the field. I mean, that, 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 that it, it reminds me of the 13 and 14 teams. Um, now, granted, we didn't have you know the results like we had back then, or close. We were close to it this year with the 13 team, but the 14 team was very similar. Where you had guys on the bench like um, I don't know the name one or two, like an Evan Powell, for example, come off the bench as a pinch hitter and hit a three-run homer. Right? That's the kind of to me that's your prototypical Dex team where it doesn't matter if you sit the bench until the seventh or eighth inning when it's your time to come play. It's your time to come play, and you need to step up. And that's what these guys did. So. I just I'm like you, Josh. I got to give a shout out to those guys who stepped who stepped in at a a big stage, man. National TV against the fifth ranked team in the country and competed. I mean that that's you can't ask you can't ask for more than that outside of just of winning the game. So I look forward to seeing what those guys do coming back next year because I'm pretty sure most of them will be back, and they're only going to get better. They're only going to get better. I tell you this: fall ball is going to be a war. It is going to be a war with some of the new guys coming in and some of these guys that are here. Fall ball is – I'm I'm not really a big fall ball fan because I'm such – I'm in the zone when it comes to football season, but I'm looking forward to seeing some competition in the fall with this baseball team. Jerry, well, I think I think you made a good point about um, our performance in the regional. I And I think recruiting-wise, it, it helps us so much because you saw during the course of this regional – exactly what we are and what we want to be. We want to be chaos. We want to, you know, keep them guessing. They have no idea what we're going to do next. And hard-nosed guys that aren't going to, you know, come up trying to look pretty at the plate, that they're just going to, you know, 
barren and, and, and just get the job done and move on. So I think that's huge for recruiting too, because it's hard to recruit on a national stage when you're not on a national stage. But now that you're out there and you're showing potential recruits exactly what we're looking for, they can now make a decision whether or not they want to be a part of that or not. Do they want to be a water hose boy or do they want to wear the pretty Jersey, uh, you know, uh, that, that, that they get to, to show off on, on whatever sec network, like it's your choice. You can, you can wear the pretty Jersey and have the long hair or you can bear down and be a grinder. Um, so ho I'm hoping that is my hope from the, from the experience this week is to one, get, get our guys on our team, some experience on that stage. And number two, have the recruit see exactly what we want in a player at Louisiana. So we're not in another position where we lose 10, 15 players a season. And the, the great thing about setting a goal, which was the regional, I mean, that, that, that is now our floor again, in my view, that's our floor again, making the postseason. for a while there. We, we, our expectation had to be changed as fans and supporters because, you know, it just kind of wasn't in the cards, which is, a, it's a shame to say, but what you did here is you set a goal, you hit the regional, it's going to help recruiting. It's going to help buy in with maybe some of the fans that lost a little bit of faith. It makes, it makes everybody in the organization feel like, all right, we got our guy. And I can speak from my own uh, personal opinion. There, of course, people criticize his moves. I drove the bus on that. I, I don't back down from anything I said. But I, do, I did say, and I sent out the message this morning or this afternoon, um, he's the guy. He has to be the guy. This is a results business, and Matt Deggs just got results. And he got it in a big way. And you could, see it, you could tell the team improved, improved, improved. It's hard to believe that the team that played on Friday against the Big 12 regular season champ was the same team that got swept by Troy. It's, it's a, it's, when you really stop and think about that, that's, that's a huge deal. So a bum coach can't do that. That, well, that does not to, happen by accident. But Josh, to, to your point, look, Deggs had a game plan from day one today whatever it is in the regional tournament like he had a game take for us to get where we were to where we needed to be we don't have we're not privy to that we we don't understand what's going on in his head like looking back okay it makes sense that he put bobby Lede in that day because this and he put will vay on in instead of like now it makes sense and and i think the coaching staff sees ahead but we as fans we want immediate results we want to see what what's happening you know so i think it's fair for us to criticize what we see in that moment because we don't know what's going on behind the scenes um, in, in a professional, in a, in a, you know, non-confrontational way saying, I don't agree with this. I don't like the way he manages this. I don't, you know, having those conversations as a fan, hell yeah, we're not media. We're, we're fans having conversations. So not us, not knowing the game plan and the long-term understanding of why he's doing what he's doing, because we're not privy to that it starts to make sense as the season went on. And now looking back, like you said, you're, you're apologizing and saying that, well, he is the guy. Well, yeah, because we didn't understand at that time why, you know, this plan that he put together, it, it made no sense to us. Um, but now it does. And, and, and I'm with you, man, I'm, I'm all in. And I tell you next year, we're still going to be pissed off at some of the decisions he makes because we don't un have the understanding as to why he's making it. We think from a typical baseball standpoint of how road managed the game and how other teams typically manage the game, he shouldn't do certain things, but we just, we're going to have to trust the process and hope for the best in the end.
Well, there were times where Tony would leave pitchers in too damn long, and it pissed me off, right. and I would say it. So it's going to be time. I'm always going to disagree with certain things in the moment, and that's just part of being a supporter. I mean, we, we do that. I mean, everybody does that. But with Degs, like, there's a reason why you have to take a test to sell insurance. There's a reason why you have to take a test to be a real estate agent. The reason why is because is you got to show some competence. you got to show your future employer that you, you will stick it out, learn the information, and it can be teachable. I think that Deggs made a ton of changes. I think that he he tweaked his his chaos to a point where it it I think that this personnel was cl just close enough to what he needed to win to where all he had to do was kind of be a little bit more malleable and it clicked. But but my point about passing the test is I'm a fan of a program that has had a ton of success in my lifetime, right? So I'm not just going to you walk in the door, I don't just trust you. You got to prove to me as a fan. This is just my opinion. I'm not speaking for you guys, but you got to prove to me that all this craziness that you're doing, you got to you got to prove to me that it works. And you made a regional, and you did it in pretty stunning fashion. And then you went and you competed with the elite teams in this country. That's the past test for me, if that makes any sense to you guys. I mean, I think that I think there's something to be said about that. And it's not like. I don't think it's a cop-out answer. I don't think it's like, oh, well, now that he's winning, you want to be on board. No, no, not really. Because, again, like you said, we aren't privy to exactly what, you know, his decisions were supposed to turn into. But now that it's it showed success and that it showed that it can be successful, you can buy in because there there are results. And that's, at the end of the day, what matters. Uh, Lane, I see you there. Go ahead, man. Yeah, I went to the uh, Round Rock series. Uh, or Series, whatever you want to call it, um, and we had so many leads against top teams, and we had that off game against Indiana. And I was talking to people that I went with in Section A, and they were like, "We were like, yeah, I don't know what's going on with the team now. I know it was the beginning of the season, but I didn't think the team that I saw then would have made it to a regional. Maybe sneak in like we." A little bit like we did, but I feel like they progressed a lot better and a lot more as the season went on. And kudos to them for competing as hard as they did and through all the injuries and whatnot. Um, and like you said, competing with the, the elite programs in the country. I, I was the first one saying, Deggs told us this is a regional team and we got swept by Troy. And I was questioning his comment earlier in the season saying this ain't a regional team. So yeah, Lane, I'm, I'm with you, man. I mean, I saw what you saw um, and we just all wrote it out. Sorry, Jerry. I didn't mean to cut you off, bro. No, you're fine. But I do want to make a point. Like if you look at the last week, you know, you beat Texas state, you beat Georgia Southern and you beat TCU. You'd be one team in Texas state. That's basically one went away from going to a super right now and possibly hosting a super. You beat a Georgia Southern team that even though they lost, they just hosted a regional of their own as a 16 seed. And then you beat TCU, who won the regular season Big 12 championship. So, I mean, bad teams don't do that. But to your point, Nick, I wanted to say earlier on, early on, and to your point as well, Lane, when you went to Round Rock, one thing that kind of – I think all of us as fans were scratching our heads. I think it was after the Troy series, um, Matt Deggs had his Monday press conference, and he seemed very well – he seemed very relaxed. Um, he seemed like, you know, every, he kind of had a calm the crowd type uh, moment where he's like, everybody calm down. We're in, we're, we're, he's like, I still have confidence in this team. We're, we're okay. We're okay. And we're sitting with a nine and 11 record. And we're all like, what are you talking about? We're okay. We're, we're, we're not okay. Things are, 
things are not looking up for us right now. We're struggling. And, you know, I, it, it goes to show you, like, the, di- the difference between what a coach sees and what a fan sees. And as fans, you know, we don't go to practice every day. We don't see what the team is doing day in and day out. You know, we just see the game. And something tells me, and he kept, and, and one thing he kept saying it all season long, and sometimes his coaches speak, but uh, seeing what I've seen over the past few weeks, I really believe it, that this team is a very close-knit group. I mean, he said it from the beginning of the season. This group loves each other. You know, I've never seen so many. I think Jay, Jay Walker said, I've never seen teammates hug so many times like this team does. And that, I, I think, as a fan, especially for me personally, when I hear things like that, when I hear a group is a close-knit group, it goes to show you that they're not going to quit on one another. And that's one thing I like about this team. Even till the final out today, we had to review the final out. You know, yesterday, the final out, the Texas uh, A&M right fielder had to make a diving catch to, to end the game. Like, this team, down by 10 runs, down by one run, it didn't matter how many runs they were down by. They were not going to quit until the final out, and, until the stadium lights went, went out. So, I, you know, that mentality, I think now, I think we know as fans what type of player Matt Deggs and his staff are looking for. It's that type of player that puts team first over player. And look, we had a few guys who quit the team and left the team because they couldn't follow that mentality. They couldn't follow that mindset. But I think we found our mold this year. I think this team this year is going to be the foundation of what we see in the next five years. I think in the next five years, this team, maybe I'm speaking too soon. Maybe I'm wrong in motion right now. This team will play in a super regional and four spot in Omaha in the next five years. I think, I think what we saw this year can, can can show that if we do do it right this might be a cajun fan pent up for six years and, and missing out on postseason and all this stuff but it almost felt like the regional birth was an itch you had to scratch and once you did you're good it feels like the floodgates are ready to open up here because i don't know you can kind of feel that momentum i don't know if that's just me but that's how it felt when you have kids in the program like a julian brock who will sit back there and take balls off of his his delts and his, his, his shoulders and, you know, everywhere else. And then, you know, the next thing you know, he's hitting the ball 425 feet to, uh, I don't know if it t- tied the game or if it uh, put us within one, can't remember, but guy like that, he's, he's you know, I was, I was sitting with Dean Marshak and uh, his wife. And uh, I, I said, guys, I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm, I'm kind of a fanboy of Max and, and Julian. Those are my guys. And they laughed about that. And, uh, it's funny how like you attach yourself to these guys as especially when we make postseason runs, you just never want to see them stop playing, and and there's so many of those guys on this team. Debo, I mean, how how can you not love that kid? He just got better and better and better and better, and he was so clutch so many times in, in big moments in the tournament, uh, the conference tournament, and then in the regional this weekend. Just just individual players that you 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 kind of I mean I hate to use the term fall in love with, but you kind of do. You you kind of fall in love with these guys. It's it's a really cool experience. Um, I want to I want to tell anybody who wants to speak, please request. I'll put you on, and uh, we want to we want to hear everybody's opinion. You want to anything you want to say? If you want to say thank you to the players, you want to say thank you to the parents. Um, it, it was cool to get to meet a lot of the parents this weekend. That was uh, one of the highlights of of going to the regional. And guys, if we go back next year, you got to go. Drop everything you're doing. Again, it's it's just it's a, it's just a different experience. One of the um other things I keep thinking about was again, I'm old. So I go back to when I was a freshman and, uh, and Rob hired me and I saw them go from 
making the conference tournament to winning the conference tournament to getting to a super regional. I mean, people, people forget about 99 that we made it to a super regional and we were one game away from making to the, making it to the college world series that year. But every year it was a progression in our, our program, you know, we, we conference tournament, then super regional a conference tournament, then regional, then super regional, and then uh college world series. I, I just see so many similarities in, in the, these last couple of years, again, just the progression, we get better every year. Um, I, I, again, I'm excited for the future of this program. I think we have some, some potentially great recruits, especially pitching wise coming in. Um, some of, some of our listeners were, were messaging me about um, how they're excited about certain players coming on board next year. Again, I think my, my hope is that these players now understand what they're recruited for and the type of 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 um, atmosphere that that we want to have as a team. Um, if if we keep those guys, recruit those guys, those grinders, it's gonna be fun, man. It's gonna be a lot of fun. And I don't think Josh, you or Jerry or me or any Cajuns fan that have been watching them for so long, if we don't achieve our goals at the end of the year, but we see what we saw this weekend. Man, we're gonna be happy. You know, we'll be disappointed at the end, but I think everything will just fall in. If if they do what they continue to do, progression wise and and grinding out wins and and just being tough as a team, we're gonna be very satisfied with the results. I agree, and like you said, I mean, obviously you're disappointed, but the way that the light just came on for this team somewhere in, I don't know, mid late March maybe, early May. Nick mentioned the progression uh, with Robe in those in those late '90s years. You know what? It, you, people really don't talk about this very often, but when when Tony came in here, Coach Bo, the cupboard wasn't bare, but there had to be a culture change. You know, Coach Jag would always say it was a culture enema. He had a culture enema. But but anyway, when he did that, he established his culture, and it took some time. It it took you know multiple years. But once it was set and people knew what the expectation was, I mean, the sky was the limit. And it, it feels like Matt, he's, he's had that two and a half, three years to instill the culture. And even though he makes those quirky decisions that drive me insane, it worked. And people, they figured it out. They, they, the kids figured it out. And as soon as they like embraced the role, they, I mean, they were a steam engine. Everything they did seemed to work. Yeah, I just wanted to say that it really comes down, like you said, it comes down to culture. And I think, Matt, you know, look, you know, for someone like me who I've pretty much only been around Tony Robichaux's teams, I'm not used to seeing the way things were being handled. You know, the way the way that Beg's coaches as opposed to Tony Robichaux, they're both opposite type coaches, even though they have the same mentality. And so, you know, 36 is everywhere. He will always be everywhere around this program. But you know, seeing a little bit of the way Matt Deggs runs the program, you know, he still runs a clean program. He runs it with class. He's a great guy. And he's got a, he's got a bunch of players that are hungry and they, they want to show up with their, their, their lunch pail every day and, and, and go to work. But it's, it's definitely a culture that it, it, I feel like we've kind of gone back to the blue collar way of doing things. And that's always been in our, our identity. You know, we wear our culture on our sleeve here as Cajuns and, I think that's one thing that Matt Deggs has brought back to the program. Uh, not to say that 
you know, Rhodes, you know, left it there or anything like that. But I do think there was a, a year or two where we kind of lost a little bit of that, of that identity. I don't know when it happened, but we just kind of did. Um, but in a way where when Coach Davis came back, it's just done a little bit differently than the way Rhodes did it. But it's, it's, it's good to see it back again. Um, you know, our best teams are usually teams that, you know, we don't have the best players. We don't have guys that are these, you know, all-American standouts. But what we do have are a bunch of guys who are willing to step up, get, get their jersey dirty, and play hard. Play hard for the final out. And we saw that with this team. And, you know, that's, that's a prototypical Matt Deggs team. He did it at Sam Houston. I mean, for people who don't know, you know, when Matt Deggs took Sam Houston to the Super Regional, they lost. They won their first game. They lost their second game in Lubbock against Texas Tech. Came back, won the elimination game, and beat Texas Tech twice to get to a Super Regional. That's the kind of identity that I'm looking forward to with this team. And slowly but surely, you know, we're seeing it again. Um, and to your point, Josh, the turning, I just want to say about the turning point, turning point started at South Alabama here uh, when South Alabama came to town. I thought that was the turning point um, because we had officially put BT on a Friday night. I forgot if we, I don't know if we put, I think Schultz pitched on Saturday too that day. Yeah, Schultz pitched on Saturday. And I think, I think Jeff Wilson pitched Sunday. Yeah, he pitched Sunday. So we, we pretty much, Create our rotation that weekend, but whenever I think it, who I forgot who got the walk off in extra innings uh, that Friday night. I think that kind of turned things on to show that this team can compete. Um, and after that, I mean, we pretty much made a run up until the Texas State series where we got swept. So, you know, it, it, it took a little bit longer than I would have liked for us to get things going. But we, when we did get things going, you know, we went. I think I wanted to say we finished the regular season. No, we finished. Up until regionals, I think we made a twenty-seven and ten run. Twenty-seven and ten—that's that's pretty good. So, um, yeah, I, I I just hope that you know next year. If we if look next year, if you, if you don't start the season nine and eleven, and and you keep things going and start the way you did, the way you finished this year, who knows? We might be hosting a regional next year. I mean, could y'all imagine? We have not hosted a regional in the new Teague. Um, yeah, 2016, last time. The last game at the old team was the regional game. Just imagine the atmosphere at Russo Park hosting a regional or super regional with our rowdy fans. Could y'all imagine? To that point, Jerry, I, if the team competes like they did towards the end of the season, I feel like that could legitimately happen next year. It's just the way things have been projecting. Um, even if it's a 16th seed or whatever, legitimately feel like we can do it um and it it'll probably be the toughest ticket in town too um just, just seeing like southern mid hosting a regional southern conference USA as of now but uh, still i get jealous seeing them hosting a regional as well as georgia southern and it's like with them and old dominion coming in specifically for baseball um the conference just gets better, and it's still crazy to me to see that four Sunbelt teams got in the regional round, um, but I feel like we can post the regional and possibly get to a super next year. I will just say this this run that we've made at the end of the season, um, I'm a world loyalist. Again, it, it was a lot more personal for me than um, than a lot of people. 
not to say that it wasn't personal for everyone, but I think it just hit closer to home being that I've known him for 20 plus years on a personal level. Um, I think that this, and, and I was surprised by how emotional I got when we won the conference tournament, but I think that is what maybe we needed as a program to make this Degs program. I think we were still kind of in that, that limbo of this, you know, Ro this is still Robe's program and, and Degs is here, but we have to honor Robe and all this stuff. But I think, I just think that got us over the hump, man. I think that got us to the point where this is okay. Now it's his, now we're here. Now we can do it. You know, now we don't need Robe to do it. We can do it. Degs, Degs can do it. It took that for, for me to, I think, have the full buy-in. And that was surprising to me because I you could ask me on day one, and I'd be like, yeah, I'm a Degs guy. I know Degs loves Lafayette. He loves his program. He wants to succeed. He wants to win. But again, just just that we needed we needed to get over that hump, like you said, Josh, just get over that hump. And now um, I, I feel like I've got the, the full buy-in now that I don't know. I thought I had at the beginning of the season, but I feel like I really have it now. So um, this is this is bigger than I think we all understand that, that how we how we've gotten to where we are today. Um, again, I just I just think think next year is going to be a lot of fun with some of the talent that we have coming in. And I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about that. And in the coming months about what we have to look forward to next season. Yeah. And, and Lane mentioned the, uh, Sunbelt conference next season and I'm, I'm still kind of grieving today. So I haven't really thought about next year just yet. Uh, but I can tell you this, the conference is going to be damn strong. ODU should have made the tournament this year. USM obviously is hosting, you know, you, you, you have the guy. I think that uh, probably Georgia Southern and uh, Texas State will take a step back just because they are so old. They're such older teams. They've got so many contributing seniors and grad uh, or grad uh, students and COVID year students. They're going to lose a ton, but they're still good programs. They're well coached. You know, now that they've gotten some success and experienced some success, they're going to want to keep, you know, that rolling. So the Sunbelt Conference isn't, go isn't going anywhere, uh, but it's going to get better. And that's going to help for. RPI is going to help for postseason appearances and everything. So that's going to be fun to watch. Um, next year, you know, obviously we know all the seniors who we're losing. Uh, we're losing the final two robe recruits, which is uh, kind of an end of an era. And uh, I'll probably ponder on that later, but that's something to uh, to think about. And then obviously we got a couple of guys that are, are draft eligible. And, you know, I, I was looking in the space earlier. I saw Miss Vivian. Miss Vivian, thanks for listening. Uh, please tell Julian, the, the boys at Raging Review, absolutely love that guy. He's one of my favorite players of all time. Um, and if he does, if we do lose you guys to the draft next year, uh, we're going to be calling him to come talk to us. So give, give Look, him a got, shout out for us. I got connections at the best stop in Scott, Miss Vivian. If if it takes Boudin to keep him here, man, I, I got you covered. Whatever it takes, I got you. Lifetime man. supply. Lifetime supply, hey, whatever Boudin hey. he wants. My brother's got you. Hey, who who did I say was the dark horse going in the first the first weekend series? Just saying. You did. You I picked Julian. Julian Brock. I said he was. And you see, Julian Julian is your prototypical work while you wait type player. I mean, if you've seen what he's been through over the last three years, you know he had his ups and downs. He kind of started off, you know, trying to adjust to the to the collegiate level. Or, but he had some struggles a little bit. And then look at what he's done. Look at what he's turned into. I mean, he's turned into. One, I mean, one of the best catchers that we've seen in a very long time. He's got a great bat. He's a great leader. You know, he'll take a few bumps and bruises to uh, to help the team. And 
and he's just he's a prototypical Cajuns player. And um, I, I just want to say, Miss Vivian, we're, we're we're so happy that your son is a Cajun, and and I know that he may be getting some phone calls from uh, from the big leagues. But uh, you know, I, look like like Nick said, I mean, hold him up to his offer. We'll give him some boudin to uh, to stay around. Uh, we'll, we'll build some meat on it, more meat on his bones, so he can have one more good year. And and uh, who knows, maybe his draft stock might go up even more next year after a great year here. So, uh, no, we're just so proud of Julian and what he's represented with this this program. And and um, we want to thank you and and Julian's family for for allowing him to have this opportunity to uh, wear that Cajuns uniform. Absolutely. And so anyway, point what I was trying to make is that you know Julian, we don't know if he's he's going to be back. You know, Rock is what Rock is. Guarantee you he has some P5 interest or some, you know, major college baseball interest. Uh, I, I've heard that that's already kind of started. So tampering. Uh, hopefully Rock. Let's just talk about tampering yeah, exactly. on that subject. Exactly. And I'm accusing people. I'm going to name some names too. No. Uh, <laughs> so we hope we can hold on to, to Rock. and, But, man, look at Debo. You know, we got Debo for at least another year for sure. He's, uh, he, he's going to be something special. I, I can't wait to watch him mature as a player. Uh, we got plenty of guys on this team. Heath Hood is only going to get better. Uh, we got Max again next year. We, we, we've got a lot of contributors coming back, uh, and we have some young studs on the mound. Look at Bo. I think Bo's going to be your Friday night guy. Um, actual psychopath. Absolutely love that guy. That was awesome. Jerry said that they had some kind of feature on ESPN about him uh, talking to himself when he was pitching on, uh, on Friday. So I didn't see it yet. I'm going to have to go find it. But, yeah, actual psychopath. That was awesome. So, I gotta uh, tell so you, Bo man. on Friday, and they're there. You know, I think Toy's probably gonna be a weekend guy, uh, but we gotta, we gotta, we're gonna have to fill that cupboard back up. So that'll be interesting. My brother, and I'm probably getting in trouble for saying this, so I didn't say this. This is not being recorded, y'all, or it might be. But my brother, he said, because my brother um, works the bullpen during the game, so whenever they, you know, need to call down, get a pitcher ready, he's down there. And uh, he told me some funny stories about Bo, and he's like, man, he's intense. I mean, he's crazy. I don't want to call him crazy, but he's crazy. But but he's just so he's so intense and he cares so much. And let me tell you, there is no one on that field that gets more pissed off taking him out of the game than Bo Bonds because he just wants to win and dominate so bad. So um, I enjoy watching him, man. And and I'm glad they pointed it out because I've been seeing it all season. But they don't have you're not on ESPN, so you don't have the really close-up camera and then the, the talking heads talking about it, but it's so fun to watch him. That's nothing new. He's been doing that all season. So, uh, so yeah, I think, uh, again, I just I tell Brock, whatever we need to do, man, we'll, we'll uh, Julian, just stay. Don't, don't go anywhere. Yeah. Hey, we got you, bro. To your point about Bonds when he ran out of gas on Friday and he, they came to get him. Dude, he was so upset. He turned his back to Deggs. And I know <laughs> Deggs – yeah, you want to talk to him. And look, I, I like I like that part of Deggs as like he gets he those competitive guys. He he he'll like take a certain amount of disrespect because he gets it. You know what I mean? But I mean, he just totally turned his back to him. He's like, I cannot believe you're taking me out right now. And then, I mean, you know, obviously it worked out. But how many how many players can we tell stories about that with? I mean, Schultze, same thing. I mean, my brother said every time they got somebody throwing, he got pissed off and struck the next guy out. You know, uh, in, yeah, in, the, in yeah. the conference tournament, Will Vayon, you know, he goes to he goes to, you know, pull him from the lineup. He's like, no, you're not. And then goes, he hits a bomb right after. So, yes. I mean, that's at those are the guys, man. Those are the guys. And I think that's why it, it started to gel is because they started to get that attitude and that grinder mentality. And uh, man, it's fun to watch when he's clicking on all cylinders. Yeah, it'll be fun to see what what stories come out of this season, because you know how it is at the end of the season. 
the stories start to kind of roll out, and that's always fun. But yeah, I, I did. I thought Schultz was I, again a couple of two out pitches that he that he you know one of them was a mistake, one of them was a good piece of hitting. Uh, outside of that, he shoved again against a top five, maybe top three lineup in America. I mean, that, those guys could hit top to bottom. So Schultz was a warrior, and that performance, especially coming off of the Texas State performance, I mean, that's two of the best performances you'll ever see back to back by a guy like that. That was good stuff. Encourage everyone who's in the space now to join. Say something. Give your thanks. Give your praise. Whatever for any of the 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 members of the team this season, or uh, curse Josh out for uh, you know talk walking back his his assessment of of Degs. Um, but I, I'm just off totally off topic. Why are our big quote big name programs so worried about us while they're playing for a super regional berth? right now this second yet arguing with cajun fans on twitter like don't you have something else to do i don't get that because because they can't accept sometimes when we steal their spotlight because they're not used to people in other in other state schools stealing their spotlight i mean you bring up stuff like football you've been ranked higher than them in football the last few years and they keep bringing up the same thing well you'll never be big time you'll never be this you'll never be that and it's like look you can you can say that all you want you know i don't I, we don't have to be like big time, like we don't have to be those things to earn, to earn our respect and to earn what we what we've been able to earn. Um, you know, this idea that just money buy money money just allows you to be successful in, in college athletics is not true. Um, and we've seen that over the last few seasons in football. We've seen it with baseball and softball. And this idea that they have, like, you'll never be us. Well, we don't want to be you. <laughs> like that's what you don't get. We don't want to be you. And in in the second all that money and all that fame and all that revenue that they get. And yet we're still better than them in a sport that they pride themselves on and that they spend all this money on. You bring it up and they change the subject or they'll say something like, well, you wouldn't have beaten us or you wouldn't have done this or that. Some of these people live in a bubble, man. I, I just got to say it, it, it baffles me on how some of these people really live in a bubble and believe some of the stuff they say. Yeah, but they always fall back on, well, how many natties do you have? You literally have more than 50% of higher education revenue in the state of Louisiana, and you have the $60 million from ESPN every single year, you should be winning a natty every year. Like, that should be the expectation. So don't crap on me because I want a chance to do what you want to do. That, that just drives me nuts. Well, but, yeah, you're going to ULL us to death. Ooh, that hurts my feelings. Yeah, it's okay. a step further for me, dude. Like, how many natties do you have? Look, I'd rather go the rest of my years on this planet and just be a part of one Raging Cajun National Championship. I'd rather that. Thank you. Than go go across the basin and try to win a national national championship every two years. I, I, I'm not interested in that at all. Like my entire the reason why we love the Cajun so much and we support so much is because it's part of our identity. It's who we are: blue collar, grit. You know, earn everything we ever get. That's who we are as people. I'm not going to go attach myself to a, a franchise, LSU. Who cares? I don't care how many national championships you have. You're supposed to win. Look at what you have. We're, we shouldn't even be mentioned in the same conversation, but yet here we are. We beat you every year in something, whether it be softball, baseball. It's always something. These people should – we should never even come close. We should be blown off the planet every time we're in the same – in their, in their mind, we shouldn't even be in the same arena. They're just so much better than us. I have absolutely no – desire to be attached to a fan base like that or to be that kind of fan like the a&m fans I'm, I'm i'm just gonna double down on it it was terrible 
They sat on their hands for two and a half hours. They, they, they just could not believe what was happening. They just couldn't. And they didn't try to help the team. They didn't try to, to get behind him and rally him. They just holler and scream and blow bubbles when they hit home runs. That's it. That's what being an A&M fan is. It's just funny that they go, it goes back to the same argument. Well, you'll never be on our level. Well, yeah, we're not on your level, but yet we've been ranked higher than you recently in certain sports, especially a sport that you spend all this money on and you have so much more than us. And yet you, and yet we're ranked higher than you. Like, what does that say? That's a, that's not a. And you try to bash us. What does that say about you? With yeah, all the resources yeah. you have and all the money you have, what does that say about you? Not about us. Don't bash us. That's your problem. If we're ranked higher than you, and it's just some of these people. Again, they live in a bubble. They live in their own little world, and everything revolves around that school. Um, you know, that's one thing about being a mid-major fan is that I find that mid-major fans are a lot more knowledgeable because they know a lot about the, the bigger schools and they know a lot about what goes on in the mid-majors, especially in football, whether it's knowing a lot about the P5 and knowing about the G5. P5 fans only care about P5. They don't care about G5. G5 fans kind of have to know about the P5 and they know about G5. So I find that like our fans are a lot more knowledgeable than some of these people because they just can't fathom the fact that, and, and, and another thing is too, like little brother, quote unquote, like, as if that's an insult, your little brother. Well, what does that make you? Like, I'm, what, what are you, Fredo Corleone? Like, I mean, <laughs> you know, the screw-up of the family? Like, as if that's an insult, you know? So, I don't know. I, as, as, I don't know. I don't care. I'm Jerry, proud of my guys. I'm proud of my guys. No, we're more knowledgeable because we actually went to college. We actually went to the college <laughs> we cheer for and didn't just buy a stupid T-shirt at Walmart. That's why. Yes, that's, that's very true. All right, I'm off my soapbox. That's a good point. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Javi DeJesus has joined us again for this space. I see that he's requested to speak. Javi, were you in College Station? Did you watch it on TV? How how was it? You know what? I watched it from I watched it up here, and I I definitely have to say that the Texas A and M fans are probably one of the most lamest and front running fans I've ever seen. I had the privilege of actually watching. Um, they're 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 douchebags i can't stand them (laughs) that was my experience and i and i stand by that by that statement 10 times over i mean i had a lot of i played with a lot of a lot of guys that went to a&m that i I freaking love them to pieces but i can't say anything good about the a&m fans now that being said all the stuff about you know you know people talking crap about um, the Cajuns on Twitter and everything like that, you know, before I, I, unfortunately I'm from the stone age that I played ball before social media. And even then they had the newspapers and people put quotes on newspapers saying all oh, that, that little guy from, from, uh, USL, uh, that came in, you know, we, he, he just got lucky enough. Like, well, you know what? I don't care if I got lucky enough. I beat their, I beat LSU's ass and shut, we shut their ass out at their stadium. We didn't care. We beat Texas. They, we didn't care what they thought of us. We beat Fresno State. We didn't care what they thought of us. We beat Mississippi State at, at Starkville. We didn't care what they thought of us because they didn't think anything of us. And to me, being a Cajun is, if you're going to come against us, we're going to go at you all through and through as, as hard as we can. And it doesn't matter from top to bottom, one, you know, one through nine, we're going to do something to beat your butt, plain and simple. Who's ever on the mound, we're going to beat your butt. We don't, we didn't, we had that attitude that we didn't care. We left it all on the field. And that's why we were one flipping pitch away, one strike away from going to the World Series in 91 because of that, of that attitude that we had, that, that chip we had on our shoulder because nobody expected anything out of us. 
add to that. I am I am greatly proud to be a Cajun and watching the Cajuns do what they did this year. That was fun to watch. And I know that coming up in the future, that's going to be even more fun to watch because that's a, I agree, five, you know, four to five years from now, there's going to be a national championship banner hanging from, uh, from Teague Moore Field. No question about it. Oh, my God. I love that. Man. So, Javi, you're, it, you're, you're sold. Up, you're, yeah, man. You're, you're sold. You, you think that it's back. The culture's back. We're tough and gritty again. You, you, you believe in it. Oh, 100%. And, that, you know, for a while when I was watching it, you know, I was like, okay, what happened to, what happened to, uh, what happened to my cages? What, what was going on here? It's like something, something was amiss and I didn't like it. And then I see these guys there, they're grinding out of bats and they're doing something, bunning people over, hitting bombs, you know, the pitchers are getting out there acting all crazy and everything. And, you know, um, when I visited my parents just recently, as my, my father put video of me when I, I was came in relief to pitch against, um, uh, UT Pan American, I strike somebody out and I'm yelling in their dugout, cussing them out. I was like, Hey, who's next? Who wants some more? Who wants some of me? I mean, yeah, we 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 were idiots back then. We had, we, we had that attitude that we're going to yell at you. You want to fight? We'll fight you. We didn't care. And that's the kind of attitude that we got to have in order to be able to win a national championship because yeah, are we going to have first round picks? Who knows? Maybe one or two here and there, but they're not all the uh, power five guys. They're going to go to Vanderbilt's and their Texas's and their LSU's and their SEC, all the SEC schools. We don't care. Bring people here to the Cajun, the Cajun country that have one thing in mind, compete and beat your butt. That If you have that in mind, we will win the national championship. I love it. No, Javi, you know, you're right. I, 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 it's so true because really the, the kind of the Cajun culture in baseball kind of started with you guys in the early nineties and, you know, the stories of uh, the South Alabama rivalry and how it started. But, you, you know, it's funny. Now that you mention it, <laughs> you, 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 did, did, were you, were, when, you, when you watched Bobon pitch the other night, did, did it remind you of you, basically, when he's talking and, you know, he's screaming, give me the fastball, give me the fastball, basically telling the batter what was coming. And he still threw it anyway. Did you, did you used to do that? You basically... I would, I would be, like, a lot of times yelling at the hitter. If they, t- they follow pitch off, I'll get pissed. <laughs> like no, you're not touching that again. No, I'm gonna blow. I'm, I'm gonna come come right back at you again. I mean, the one thing I didn't have that I wasn't blessed with was height. But the one thing you didn't want you you were not gonna do was beat me. You know, I had I had enough. I was like Rocky Balboa. You can. It's not how hard you get hit. It's how hard you're willing to get hit. And you know what? I didn't care. I, if you're gonna hit me, I'm gonna hit you right back. And that's the mantra that we had for the whole Cajun staff. I mean, I remember uh, Barnhart. Um, when we were playing against Texas, he came in, hit two home runs, came in to close out the game. And the one I, I, I remember so vividly to this day, he looked over at Coach Gustafson over there at Texas, and he just yelled at him, you can't beat me. You can't beat us. And I'm like, I'm like wow, this guy's nuts. And, I, and that's, that basically started a whole, a whole run to finish 49-20 and 20 that year and one, one game away from the College World Series that year in 91, which is extremely memorable to me. But, yeah, we didn't, we didn't care. We'll yell at you. And Popo going after John Lieber when we fought you, uh, South Alabama right there at, uh, in Lafayette. Oh, boy, I, I tell my stories. I tell all my, my players that I, show them, I still have the video of, you know, me clotheslining somebody and Paul Baco knocking somebody out and everybody finishing the bottom of the dog pile. Oh, that was fun. That, that, that's Cajun baseball. Hey, Javi, I, I will pay the shipping for FedEx for you to send me that tape. I will upload it to YouTube. I think the world needs to see more of that. 
Oh, I agree. I totally agree because it's a, you know, what people don't know is the backstory behind it and knowing how gritty of a team we were in the 91 regional and what we did to come back and the, the performance that Papa Ramos gave in that regional was that was unbelievable. That was unforgettable. I mean, I still, I, I, I see those games in my head and I replay those games in my head and that was just an outstanding run by the Cajuns. And this team reminds me of that. That's what's scary. If we can get more players to buy into that mantra, holy smokes. Yeah, I'll, I'll go back to when, when so I started working with Robe in, in the fall of 97, and he was still relatively young, but but he was so intense. And I think the older he got, the more mellow he was. And then he brings guys like Degs in to, to give us that pack mentality and give us that grinder mentality. Um, but man, I'm telling you, when he was in his younger days, if somebody disrespected us on the field, he expected that team to come out the dugout and, 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 you know, rush the other side of the field. And you saw it a couple times in the first, you know, five, six years. Again, he kind of, he kind of mellowed down with that as, as his career went on. But I feel like I'm with you. I feel like we're getting back to that because Deggs is so intense. He wants mm -hmm. to win every pitch, every game, every moment he wants to dominate. So, mm -hmm. uh, so I agree with you, my man. I, I think, I think we're getting back to that and, and great things are going to happen because, um, man, who, who's going to beat a team that is convinced that there's no way you can do it, that they're convinced they're going to w find a way to win every game. That's hard to compete against. Mm -hmm. Oh, I completely agree with that one. No doubt there. And if you guys ever hear of, uh, of them needing another coach, throw my name in the mix. Cause I'm definitely interested. I might there have some, uh, I might have some connections there, Javi. So, uh, so I will definitely keep that in mind and pass that along. At a minimum, you should go. Everything you just told us, you should go tell that to the team next year. Go speak to them. Go talk to them in the fall. Go talk to them right before the season starts. They need to hear that. They need to hear that type of grit. They need to hear, you know, the stories of like not giving a, a, a who, who you're playing or mm -hmm. what, what names across the chest on the other side of the dugout. Like they need to hear that. I think I think that's something that that they can take in before the season starts and and you know appreciate someone in the past who's part of Cajun's history that, 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 that is, that walked, walked a mile in their shoes, you know? Yeah. Because that, that, that name that go, goes across the front of those jerseys that says Cajuns. I mean, I, I was, I was darn proud to wear that Jersey. And, you know, every time, you know, my name got called to be on that mound and I would look up and see the grandstands and see the football field in the background. I mean, that, that, that to me was probably one of the most special times in my whole entire career. And, knowing the history behind it that before me, you know, um, Xavier Hernandez was there. Then before him, Ron Guidry, you know, stood up on that mound. And I'm like, that's a, that's part of, that's part of a history that of guys that number one, they didn't give a crap. They got up there and they competed their butts off. They didn't care. They didn't care what people thought of. They didn't care how you looked like. They didn't care how you threw. They only care about one thing, win. And we do anything to win. And that's that's what that's what Cajun baseball is and what it's going to be about for generations to come after that is is that we're wanting to win. You guys, the you, you guys that watch us from the stands and everything, and now with Twitter space and all social media and everything, there any Cajun fan has one expectation to win. They have one, they have another expectation. They want guys out there that love to compete. They want to see grinders. They want to see people that all they want to do is 
claw, fight, tooth, kill, whatever they got to do to win. That's the kind of players they want to see out there on the field. And I was, I was darn proud to be one of those guys. Well, I can tell you when we were walking out of the stadium Saturday night after the A&M game, we had, we had A&M fans saying, listen, we're going to be cheering for TCU tomorrow, which is quite a miracle because they, had, they wanted no part of the Cajuns on Sunday. They did not want to see us. They, they were done with us after Saturday. Mm-hmm. I can imagine. I can imagine. Well, Javi, man, really appreciate your comments. You're always welcome. I'm, I'm, every time I see you in here, I get thrilled because I know we're going to get some fire. So I'm happy, I'm happy you got yeah. to speak up tonight. Hey, my, my pleasure, man. And, and hey, go Cajuns through and through. Hey, let, 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 let's, go, let's go back to the regional game next year and win and get, punch a ticket to Omaha next year. Because we do that, I'll be front row seat right there to watch my Cajuns play in Omaha. Absolutely. That's awesome. Anybody that wants to speak, make a comment, ask a question, please uh, request. We'll put you on. I see my guy Jack Ray is in here. Jack, thanks for joining. It was cool to hang out uh, Saturday. Very cool to get to meet you and your, and your wife and hang out with your family. Uh, that was fun. Uh, proud of Tommy. Happy Tommy's here. Uh, that, was, uh, that was quite an experience. Man, I, I, look, I've raged enough tonight for, I think, all of us. Hot uh, <laughs> takes galore, but it was, it was a fun weekend despite the uh, – Despite the outcome and and Josh, it was a pleasure hosting you and uh, your uh, your significant other that came over. She was uh, she was fun, and you guys uh, we well we were up till three a.m. both nights, <laughs> just talking Cajuns. Um, watching old uh, old clips from Lafayette <laughs> Television and uh, watching the regionals from two thousand and two thousand seven and all that stuff. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And yes, thank you. Publicly, want to say thanks to Nick. He was, he was a gracious host and took care of us while we were in town. And, yes, uh, if, you hear, if you hear the legend of, of Nick's smoking prowess, he does smoke a mean brisket. And, hey, uh, I, I had to learn. I had to fit in here in Texas, so it's the first thing uh, I had to, had to learn how to do. Uh, it was good. It was awesome. We had a great time. All right, Miss Viv, go ahead. It's yours. Okay. Um, sorry, uh, we were uh, away home, and I couldn't figure out what we could do, guys. And then uh, when you started speaking directly, I was going to figure it out. Anyway, we're home now. Um, I do just want to say that I appreciate everything coming in to the Cajun Nation. It's been truly the best thing. Um, I get a little emotional because it has been such a journey, an amazing journey. When, when we first stepped in to Coach Rogue's office, um, and been into Coach Jack's hands. It's just been an amazing journey. Uh, and I'll be good part of Julian. Um, and I'm just so appreciative of the support system and the fans. And the culture has been the number one key for all of us. Um, just really happy to be part of you guys. Once occasion, always an occasion. So here we are and ready for this journey to continue. Thank you very much for speaking up. Uh, I was hoping that you would. I've been a, a huge Julian fan since he got here, and getting to know him a little bit better as a player has, has been a cool experience. Unfortunately, I'm friends with Jay, so Jay tells me all the great stuff about Julian and all that. So I feel like I know him better than I actually do. Oh, you get a little insight about him more than, than, than just the player. Yeah, just, just a little bit. Only the good stuff, though. But yeah, he, he's a good kid. I'm proud of uh, all three boys that I have in Julian. Um, 
to be in, in the spotlight just to um, expose a little bit of, of who he is, obviously. But I appreciate everything, everyone, um, the family, the UL family to us. Is, 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 we're so happy to be part of it, and we'll always be part of it. Yeah, it's like Hunter Moody said. It's yeah, a fraternity, it's like and it lasts forever. So regardless of if you guys are back next next year or if you if you're in a in somebody's organization at that point, uh, I hope you guys stick around, come to the games, you know, have some drinks with us, hang out, come come watch the Cajuns make another run next year. Tell you one thing, she doesn't have to worry about is uh, is getting fed or getting some drinks from any of our fans when when they do come back to our games. Because I'll tell you what, the Cajun Cooking Club will hundred thousand percent take care of them. So um, for me as well, appreciate. Uh, everything you and, and your family have mm-hmm. sacrificed to, to have Julian here. Uh, we appreciate it. And my brother, Coach Doe, I'm sure he was kind of a hard ass on Julian at some point. So I don't apologize on his behalf, but I know what he went through because I was a student when he was there too. So uh, thank you guys for everything. All right, everybody. Uh, I'll give another minute or two if you guys want to get one last question in or make a comment. We will do another probably wrap up uh, episode before we we hit the off season break, so uh, there'll be a little bit more content coming your way. We're gonna do a, a thoughtful summary of the season. It has been one for the record books, um, a very memorable season. I I want to thank you guys for giving us a a platform and the information for us alumni and our. Uh, die-hard Cajun fans who are so far away. Uh, I try every year to make Cajun football or a baseball game. This year, unfortunately, because of work, I couldn't make baseball. I did make the Liberty game. Um, You guys are amazing. All of you uh, who put this podcast on, who support Cajun Nation, all you fans, I was there from 94 to 2001, and no, I'm not a doctor. I just really love Lafayette. Um, you guys are amazing. Thank you so much. We watch the whole regional here uh, here in D.C., and uh, God, those guys are awesome. Uh, uh, those guys just, uh, they're amazing. Um, anyway, I just wanted to say that. Thank you so much. Uh, we, I'm a loyal listener, loyal follower, and I'm about to purchase season tickets for football. Uh, even though I can't make every game, looking to donate those tickets as soon as I get them to people who can. Uh, anyway, God bless. Thank you, guys. Uh, good night. Chuck, thank you, man. It means a lot. Uh, we try to do a good job. We put some hours in, so anytime a supporter like you who has been very loyal and we, we notice all of you guys, it's a growing number. It's very encouraging because, uh, you know, like we always talk about in private, as Cajun fans growing up and as students and things like that, we didn't have anything like this. And we thought it was a necessary thing to have. Um, and and I think that we're hitting, we're, we're accomplishing our goal. And I just wanted to say thank you for, for noticing. Appreciate you very much. Oh, yes. And I'm spreading the word. Uh, a lot of people up here never heard the Raging Cajuns. Now they do because of my loud mouth. So that's it. anyway, that's uh, awesome. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Anyway, good night guys. God bless. Take care. And I look forward to whatever you're putting out and look forward to these spaces again.
Good deal. Thanks a lot, man. Season five is going to be fun. Go. Yep. Go Cajun. Go Cajun. All right, Andy. All you, bud. What's, what's up, guys? I just want to. I mean, you guys are all right. We could do. You could do a little bit better. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but I mean, I just kind of, as a whole, just recap this whole year of honestly. I think I, I'm pretty sure now that every sport's finally done, just how successful we were just as a whole athletic department. I'd probably say, to my memory, you know, I've been a fan probably since oh, 2007, six somewhere around there. And to my memory, it's probably been our most successful year ever as a Cajun athletic department. And just kind of reminiscing now on that, it'll be something I think for us to always remember going forward and looking back in that 2021-22 year and and hopefully that's just it'll it'll we'll realize it as that was really the start of, of things to come for where we're going yeah you're right I, I think 2014 we won the conference in all the major sports but outside of that year you're right as, as far as I can remember in my lifetime that this that's got to be it, it has to be number two or number three uh, most successful so if we can get basketball on track, we're going to be a pretty dangerous athletics program. Uh, but baseball is headed in the right direction. <laughs> Glasgow's got the softball team headed in the right direction. Uh, it never really wasn't going in the right direction. I mean, it's been totally dominance, uh, totally dominant for 25 years, it feels like. Uh, look, it's got, the, the, the future is bright. The future is bright. And the fact that baseball is where it is with, with all the challenges that we had this year, uh, the injuries, the, the you know defections from the team, uh, uh, just, just things that, that we couldn't control. You, you got to look. You got to tip your hat. I think when we sit down and really think about what we accomplished this season, uh, it's going to be even even more impactful than we already know. So, and then so going into next year, for especially for baseball, what what are we anticipating our our strengths will be? I know you guys have you guys were more on the baseball side than I was, so just kind of was looking for your insight there on what that would be. That's a good question. It really depends on what we bring back. If we can keep Rock and if, you know, if Julian decides to stay in school, um, that's huge. Um, it depends. It really depends on the development of the pitching program over the, the offseason. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. Obviously, we're going to hit the baseball. we got Peyton Lejeune coming in from LSU. He's going to be a nice replacement for Kemp. I think Will Vayon is going to be a, a stud next year. His growth was apparent. I mean, as – as, as the more playing, the more, the more games that he played in, the more impactful he was. Uh, Heath Hood, obviously, you got CJ coming back. Debo's young. Uh, we'll, we'll probably lose TR to the draft, but possibly another year. There's, there's a lot of things that are up in the air right now. Yeah, I think a lot of it's going to have to do. Our success is going to have to be about what. Well, well, first, what I want to see the program do is go back to signing high school kids because I yes. think it's important. It's a, a, a Juco is fine to, to fill some gaps, but I think we need to get back to, to, to signing high school kids um, and developing those guys over the course of two, three, four seasons. Uh, so mm -hmm. I, I think for next year, particularly we're going to hit the ball. I think no matter what happens, even if we get off to a slow start with hitting you, I have full confidence in Degs based off of what I've seen. <laughs> That we're going to be able to manufacture ones. We're going to have chaos on the bases. We're going to have guys who steal. We're going to have guys who can hit the ball. I think it's going to really come down. And again, in the conference tournament, other teams are talking about how deep our bullpen was. And, and yes, we had a relatively deep bullpen, 
but we didn't, I didn't have confidence in the bullpen fully because you had guys that would some nights come out and, and just, you know, they were lights out. And then other nights they, they couldn't, they, they face two batters and get pulled. So I think it's going to really depend on our maturity with the current guys that we have in our pen and what we bring in. And uh, hopefully we can get some guys in there that have experience as starters and not try to convert some relievers to starters. But I, I think, again, I think, I think hitting wise, like you said, Josh, there's a lot up in the air, but I think hitting can be fixed through Deg's system. I think the pitching is going to be the real question for me on how we solidify, uh, you know, from top to bottom, who our starters are, who our relievers are, and find that consistency for next season. I think that's going to be key for our success. I mean, could we, is Bo Bonds going to be considered for a starting spot next year? I mean, since he threw, what, 70 pitches this week? He threw, on Saturday. <laughs> he threw 85 on Friday night, and, and yeah, there's been sorry, times, I think against, I want to say against South Alabama earlier in the season, he threw around the same and struck out 14 batters, I believe. So, yeah, I would definitely put him in consideration uh, for, for a Friday or Saturday night start. But I, I'm just going to add to what these guys said. You can ask Nick or Josh my thoughts. I mean, look, I've been saying it since two or three weeks ago. We need to go find pitching. Um, you just lost your you just lost your entire rotation. Uh, BT's graduating, Schultz's graduating, as well as as well as uh, Wilson. So we're gonna have to go find a weekend rotation, and we're gonna have to go find some pitchers that uh, that 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 can that can go not not necessarily go the distance, but solidify themselves as a weekend starter. I mean, these three guys weren't weekend starters going into the season. I think Schultz might have been the only one, maybe, if I'm not mistaken. And so I, I think. That's going to be the big question is who do we go get? And then you're losing some veteran talent. You're losing some veteran leadership and guys like Austin Perrin. So that's going to be interesting, especially in the bullpen. But we do have some guys like Dylan Toit. He's coming back. I want to say I think Hammond's only a sophomore. Um, you got you got some like I think Christie's pretty young. You're getting Blake Marshall back, who's going to be a very critical lefty um, in the middle innings next year. So you do have some talent coming back, but but the question is, who do you get as your, as your starters? That's going to be the big question. And so if, if Dez is able to get maybe two or three guys who can do similarly or maybe even better than what we saw this year, watch out because offensively we're going to be fine. I think he's got his prototypical offense. I think he's got the type of personnel that he needs to fit in this offense. So like Nick said, we will hit the ball. We will score runs. But, you know, if you score seven or eight runs, you just got to make sure you don't give up nine or 10. So that's my biggest question mark going into the off season is what type of pitchers are we going to get? And if we get some pitchers, you get some good pitchers that solidify a weekend rotation and some decent bullpen guys to kind of fill in some of the gaps of some of the guys leaving. Yeah. This team is going to be extremely dangerous next year. Don't be surprised. And I'm maybe I'm, maybe I'm guessing a little too much because I'm high in emotion. Don't be surprised if this team not only, is talks of a regional host, but legitimately, you know, legitimately has a chance at hosting. If they if they start the season next year like they finish this year, this team could be an easily a top twenty five team. Don't worry, everybody. I'm knocking on wood for all, all of us. All right, Jared, you can't <laughs> say stuff like that. I will not, look, look. I got wood right here. I'm gonna knock. I'm gonna knock on wood. I'm outside by my fence. I will knock on wood on the fence. Yeah, you just heard Jerry, it. there you go. I'm going to go back and Andy to answer your question about Bo Bonds. Can he be a starter? Yes. Do I want Bo to be a starter? No, because he's so intense in what he does. 
I think if we can get some good starters and good middle relief next season, he's, 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 his mentality, his, he's so intense. He's a closer type of mentality. And I want to see him use multiple times a weekend, maybe closing out, you know, facing three batters on Friday night, coming back and shutting the door on Sunday. Like, that's what I want to see out of Bo Bonds. I like the fact that he can go, go, go longer, but, but he's, he's just so intense in the way that he, he goes about his appearances that I, I, I don't want him as a, as a starter. I want him in the role that that he fits into and to me that's a closer late middle relief but but definitely if we can get her get him into a closer position next season i think that'd be a lot of fun to watch nick is 100 right he is your prototypical bullpen guy he is high energy no all gas no breaks all that stuff that's him and, and he can't be any other way that's how he's most effective but i do think that Deggs will probably try to put him in a rotation however if we're being honest with ourselves and we really gotta we, we really gotta stop and think about this I think that there needs to be a long, hard look at our pitching program as a whole. I think that we, we have got to change the way we manage pitchers. Uh, and I'm not, I'm, this is not being critical. I'm just, you know, postseason thoughts here. I think that the way that we prepare guys does not put them in the best possible position to succeed. You know, uh, I'll give an example of my own. Tommy comes in, uh, hasn't thrown a meaningful pitch in almost a month. And he didn't pitch poorly. He actually pitched well. Uh, Jack and I spoke about this. He's, he's, he pitched fine. Uh, but to throw high-stress pitches like that after being cold for a month, I, I, don't, I don't know if that – like, I, I totally get the mentality of, hey, you got to always be ready. I understand that way of thinking. And that's the way we manage the lineup. People are constantly in and out of the lineup so that they can be ready when, when they're called upon. Cool. But you can't manage your pitching staff the completely opposite way. If you, if you thought that Tommy was going to be a matchup for the regionals, he should have came in in the tournament, in the conference tournament. We should have seen more out of Tommy. I would say the same thing for Cooper Rawls, who pitched really well today. But you haven't seen Cooper Wall, Rawls in what? Three weeks? So anyway, not a criticism, just, just postseason thoughts here. I think we need to examine our pitching program as a whole if we're going to maximize the talent that we do have already on the roster and then the guys that we're going to go out and inevitably try to recruit to, to come here and compete for us. I think that that's something that needs to be talked about. But it it you you also have to take into consideration, and I agree with everything that you've said, you've said, but we had B.J. Ryan in as a pitching coach for two years. Then this is Tibbs' first season, and these are not the players he recruited. So And I, Tibbs' we, also not a pure pitching coach. Right, right. So I'm going to give him a little bit of a pass there. I think I think it, he's going to – he's in learning mode too. He's learning how to be that pitching coach. Um but again, we'll 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 see what happens on the recruiting trail if he can get guys that he's looking for in, in, in the pen and and learn how to manage through that. I think we'll be fine. That's a good point. He he's learning like the rest of us. And again, like I'm saying, I'm not saying first of all, I think I think the world of Coach Tib. I like him uh, as a guy. I think he's great. You know, you saw how emotional he got when we won the Sun Belt Conference uh, tournament. Uh, he, it, it matters to him. He, it's personal to him. Uh, I'd, I talked to him, I think it was like a week into the season. I, w I was down there with Gerald and we were uh, in the office and uh, he said, you know, this team loves to compete. They're a lot like the 2014 team in that regard. They just love to, to they love to compete. And he turned out to be pretty damn right about that. So, uh, yeah, he, he probably learned a ton this year and I have confidence in him to adapt. Yeah, that's what I, I just think that it's it's if we're being honest in our in our, you know, kind of 
review of the season, I think that that's at the very top of the priority list. You also have to consider that we lost Shiflet, we lost Dirk, we lost Marshall to injury. Uh, there are a few others that didn't pan out. You know, I don't think anybody in the starting rotation was planned to be in the starting rotation. That's just another thing to say, wow, we accomplished so many, so many things, um, basically adjusting on the fly. And that's pretty damn impressive. The one thing I'm excited about, and I know we're about an hour and a half, so we're probably going to wrap it up soon, but my closing thing is going to be about the coaching staff. If you look at the coaching staff today, there is not one coach on staff that is looking for something better or bigger or wants to go anywhere else. This is where Tib wants to be, is where Deggs wants to be, is where Bab wants to be, it's where Wells wants to be. Um, so so as far as continuity into into the the, the future seasons, I think we're gonna have that that core. Um, I, I mean, I'm surprised Wells is still here. He may get an opportunity. I was about and, to say that. Yeah, yep. he's I I said Wells, I think he's gonna get an opportunity sooner than later. But yep, when you look yep. at Tib, when you look at Bab, when you look at at, at, at Deggs, I think you're going to have the core of that coaching staff here for many years to come. So um, that'll help with the continuity as well. Jerry, you got some parting thoughts? Yeah, just, you know, I'm just curious to see what we're going to do in the off season. I'm curious to see what, who's coming in. I'm curious to see what, what kind of competition we're going to have in the fall. Um, you know, we've really built a foundation this year. We built a foundation over the last few weeks of what's expected in this program. And, you know, the mojo's back, guys. The mojo's back. The magic is back. The the standard is back, and it's good. It's good to see it again. It's been too long, and and look, you know, like at, to Andy's point, we've seen a lot of success in Rage Occasion athletics this year. Um, I know this last out concluded the 2021-2022 athletic season for 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 athletics, but you know, football is is full steam ahead. Um, like you said, if we can get basketball going, that'd be great. And even women's basketball is competing. Soccer's getting better. Volleyball's getting better. Um, you know, you look at the you look at the spring sports and baseball and softball. They're on the up and up. I'm I'm excited, man. I'm excited about what what uh what what Cajun athletics brings is going to bring starting in August. Now, I do want to say, and I'm probably going to speak on behalf of you two here, but we do have some cool things planned for the summer. Uh, we're less than a month away from welcoming four new members to the Sun Belt Conference, so we're going to probably, you know, try to get in touch with some of the fans of these schools and see what they think and got some things planned for that but uh josh and nick i i don't know about you guys but i'm excited about season five of raging review man this is uh we've got a lot of momentum going right now and a lot of great things happening with the podcast and i just want to tell everybody listening in thank you so much for your support thank you so much for listening you know we had a blast this year talking about cajun athletics i mean we love the cajuns we believe vermilion and white so uh just wanted to say that guys and uh, to everybody have a good night yeah, thank you guys. You made this year a fun one. Appreciate that, y'all. We have uh, we have a couple of big time interviews that we think you guys might like, uh, especially if you liked Hunter and Brendan. We got we got some stuff that I think uh, I think we'll, we'll get some positive reaction out of. But anyway, be looking out. We're gonna do a season wrap up episode before we take a break for the off season. So that'll come out probably sometime next week. If you guys have anything ever feedback of any kind that you want to get to us or we can get better somehow or hell if we offend you somehow <laughs> send us anything drop us a line call us text us email whatever uh we're always and by we offend you mean josh yeah, i mean me yeah it's usually me doing the offending <laughs> sorry about that uh 
but 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 ser- in all seriousness, if there's a way we can get better, or there's a way that we can serve you better, and and how we do what we do, let us know. Um, tell your friends, spread the word, all that good stuff. Hell of a weekend. I'm spent. I'm gonna go to bed. <laughs>